Hi, my name is Esther, and today we're going to be talking about Camp Hero, a gift from aliens, child time travelers, and a trip to Mars. Keep listening to find out what the hell happened. Hi, welcome to What the Hell Happened. I'm here today with the fastidious Mr. Lockwood. Clean. No. That's what fastidious means. No, it doesn't. Oh. Attention to detail. Yes. I looked this one up. You weren't going to get me this time. I would call myself selectively fastidious. Selectively? Yeah. Because it's not in all things. Not even close. No. Maybe I'm the fastidious one. (laughs) Would you like to hear a story? I've been waiting all day for it. For today's story, we're going back to Camp Hero. Uh, I know that you're excited. Uh, <laughs> we're going back to Camp Hero, and we're going to be talking about a gift from aliens, child time travelers, and a trip to Mars. Child time traveling? I'm totally <laughs> into it. Back to the time traveling. Time traveling. <laughs> Yay. Are you going to do a little time traveling today I'm, in our uh, story? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and a trip to Mars. Remember how our last story, Camp Hero, ended at Duncan went to Mars, mm-hmm. and then you were very sad mm-hmm. that we didn't Because get... I didn't get to go. Well, and that we also didn't get to hear about his adventure. So I, I just want to go. I don't really care about anyone else's well, Mars stories. I'm I want to make my own. going to force you into Duncan's <laughs> Mars adventure today. So back to Duncan, where we left, right where we left off. Yes, and so if you are listening to this and you have not listened to the previous Camp Hero episode, you need to go back and listen to episode five, um, where we talk about Camp Hero. It will definitely be helpful for you to know some backstory on Camp Hero and the gentleman that we will be talking about today. So if you have not heard it, go back and listen to it. You can listen to this one if you want, because it's... A whole nother story, but you won't know a whole lot about the people we're It'll talking about. It'll also help you understand the time traveling joke. <laughs> time traveling. Oh, yeah. So we will be going through some. I have a feeling worm tunnels will be mentioned again, too. Time tunnels. Oh, worm tunnels. You keep calling them worm tunnels, but they're time, time tunnels. They're actually called doors. Time doors. <laughs> yes, we'll be going through some time doors. Worm holes. Yeah. That's what they're really called. Worm doors. <laughs> Nobody else will think this is funny at all. Oh, no. I travel through them. It's fun. <laughs> all right. So, you ready? No, but hit me anyway. Here we go. <laughs> 1943. The USS Eldridge disappears with its crew and two brothers, Ed and Duncan Cameron. Remember that? I remember that. (laughs) Like it were yesterday. I bet you do. When the Eldridge reappears at the dock, some of the men on the ship had died during the journey, and some were even physically integrated into the parts of the ship. Oh. Another number of the sailors Mm. were deemed insane and were placed into asylums. This is like the aftermath from the other side. Mm Mm-hmm. The other half we didn't hear about. We're going the other way now. We're going in the linear timeline. Um, But the other number of the sailors were deemed insane and placed into asylums. (laughs) Um, And I'll explain that in a minute. You're going to explain to me how time travel makes one insane? Yes. The project was not seen as a success, in case 
I completely disagree. You. That was definitely a success. Yeah, you make a ship disappear. I think you succeeded at something, right? Yeah, if you get any results at all that doesn't involve thermonuclear explosion after messing with energy levels like that, it was a success. Yeah, I agree. So years passed, and in the 50s, Dr. John von Neumann, or <laughs> Newman, was brought in to manage the study into what had gone wrong with the Eldridge and the effects that it had had on the men on board. This was called the Phoenix Project. You know, funny, I never saw any of his writings mention this, not even in the <laughs> least. Yeah, well, just wait till you hear the rest of the story. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounded like Paul Harvey right there. <laughs> he never once was like, I invented non-finite automata because there was this time traveling incident that happened one time in the government, or I wrote this paper about, he did write some futurist stuff. Yeah. Well... He's on the case Yeah, here at the Phoenix Project. I'm going to really have to dig into some of his publications now and look yeah. for hints and clues. Yeah, you're, you're going to have to fact check this I am, story. I'm going to have to fact check Mr. Von Neumann. At the very least, there should be a, an altered tone in his papers after this incident. Yes, yes. Because, I mean, if you knew like, oh, I went to 21800 and now I'm back. Yeah. You would be right. Your papers would change the you way you what? wrote and talk and everything else. Just writing this changed me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just hearing it's going to change I'm you. It's changing right now. I know. I can see it. <laughs> At least you're not time traveling right now. <laughs> so after 10 years of working on the problem, they found that humans are born with a time reference point that is linked to the electromagnetic fields native to Earth. This is what orients man to the universe. When the generators were started on the ship, the link was severed and caused the mental and physical injuries that occurred on the ship. The devices used had created an artificial reality that surrounded the ship. The new reality had no connection to ours and made everyone on the ship disoriented. To fix this... They created a bottle with a phony earth link that would reduce the effects the men felt, basically giving them a time reference point to generate an electric magnetic background that would give the person something to lock onto. When this was written and made up, that didn't exist. This wasn't made up. This is real. When this happened <laughs> back then? Okay. But the thing is, is this Albuquerque drive was just recently in the last five, six years proposed as a, a valid solution that yeah. checks out. The oh. only thing is you need negative mass. Nobody has come up with that yet. John von Neumann may know how to make negative mass. And if he did, okay. then he could have done this. Okay. Now, the earth link, I don't know how you do that. Well, You'd he... have to open a wormhole. They created a bottle with a phony Earthlink. A bottle? Like you put some dirt in it? Yeah. Something, I don't know, something to, to ground them. It was giving them a reference point. Literally ground them? Put some mud, yeah. mud in a cup and <laughs> hand it to them? Yeah, pretty much. When you start feeling weird, just take a sip. Or coffee grounds. You know. No, you lie. You say it's coffee, but it's actually like dog poop. <laughs> It doesn't matter if it's from Earth, right? It's grounded you. Take a sip of this. It'll snap you out of whatever you're feeling. <laughs> yeah, I will bet when that bubble collapses and it doesn't collapse in a uniform manner, weird things happen. I bet. So this phase of the project was finished in 1967. The results were sent to Congress reporting that, quote, 
The human mind could be altered by the use of electromagnetics, and with this development, one could create devices capable of changing the way people think. Congress was not keen on this idea and refused to continue their funding of the research. The project was disbanded in 1969. The researchers and scientists that were involved were a little upset by the cancellation of the project that they had worked on for nearly 20 years and by the fact that Congress didn't want to use it. They ended up approaching an organization that they knew would be interested in helping them further their research and development of the devices. This organization was the military. The military was pumped about the idea of controlling or defeating its enemies with no real gunfights, so they agreed to help them continue the project. That sounds like one of those, you make up a story, but everyone's like, what? And then at the end you explain, yeah, but I mean, the military, you know, they would rather not have to kill people with guns to win a war. (laughs) So of course... They'd rather mind control They're like, yeah, let's... (laughs) Let's get into this research. Never mind that that's exactly how research has been structured ever since World War II. The military was involved in all of it and Congress wasn't involved in any of it. Yeah, (laughs) that's who does all this. Congress gives DARPA money, which is really the military. Yeah. And then they do what they want with it. (laughs) Um, So the project would be split into two parts, the engineering side and the human research side. In 1972, the Montauk Air Force Base was chosen as the location for the secret human research. They reactivated the old radar, and Preston B. Nichols, who was an electrical engineer, worked for the company BJM, who was a military contractor that made radar jamming equipment. He was sent to the base to modify the radar transmitter. We get a little bit more information on Preston B. Nichols there. We actually got to learn what exactly it was he did and how he came to write all this information in these books. Because before I was just like, who is this dude with his Miss Button shirt? He was was in on it. Yeah, so he was an electrical engineer that worked for a company that was contracted by the military. So that's how they let that guy on the base. (laughs) Now, was Preston B. Nichols also a Ph.D.? I would think, I would think they weren't just letting any random Joe Schmo on, on base. I would venture to guess that electrical engineers from back in the day, they're probably smarter than the average electrical engineer that we have now. Because you had to know a lot more. Yeah. Especially about fundamental things. The things you had available to you were, you had less tools, components, doohickeys, scopes computers all these things that help us dumb engineers modern dumb (laughs) engineers like me just we just whack things together and then try it out and like oh it works okay good job back then they're like okay you have to make a radio a radar station and all you get is resistors capacitors and some wire you don't even get a computer Oh, we'll give you some pencil and paper, too. Here's a drawer full of miscellaneous wire. (laughs) And you're like, hey, can I have a calculator? What? There's no calculators. Oh, and we have 10 transistors. You can use those, too. But there's only 10. (laughs) If you you blow them up or burn them out, there's no more. Well, wait until you see the room Preston sitting in. It's full of transistors. This man loves So these people were a lot more. You had to be a lot more clever. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, they had to be a little smarter. I would say that this guy is fairly so intelligent. So he should be smart. But I will we'll go back to how intelligent he is once I show you the video here in a little bit. So the project started as a microwave experiment where they just took a person, put them in a building, and focused the beam in on them at 100 million watts. No, they did not do that. <laughs> they did. No, they didn't. That's what he said himself. They would melt everything. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there are many people that they experimented on, and many suffered basically being baked. The tests were damaging to the lungs and the brain of the test subjects. The scientists ultimately decided to reverse the radar antenna 180 degrees, and this shot the burning radiation into the sky, and they found that they were still able to alter the moods and thoughts without cooking their subjects. Okay, that's totally wrong. And Duncan Cameron was one such person to undergo this experiment. That's probably where he got the idea that they were doing this after his brain was fried already. <laughs> Maybe. A hundred million watts is just like an atrociously watched, large amount of energy. So much. I watched the words hundred million watts come out of uh, Nichols's mouth. So It's actually hard to describe how much that is. I, uh, I was shocked when he said it and I know nothing about watts. <laughs> <laughs> well, your hair dryer is 1500 that explains a lot about my but brain. Not, but not <laughs> microwaves. But it's the same. The concept is if you put out 100 million watts of hairdryer power, you could burn down an entire forest in just a few seconds. Let alone kill myself with my hairdryer. Yeah. So, what do you think about the whole like pointing the radar in a different direction? Because I was a little bit. Then con- nothing would happen. It would I just was... be going up in the sky. But they said that they were still, even not pointing at the person, able to affect them. To change their mood and control them still. That doesn't make any sense at all. (laughs) No. It's like a flashlight, okay? I'm glad it doesn't make sense to you because I thought I was just being dumb. Like a radar is exactly like a flashlight. When you shine a flashlight at something, the thing you're pointing it at gets brighter. The backside of the flashlight, nothing happens, right? No matter which way you point it, you're like... No light comes out the back, right? Oh, oh, it's brighter in my head now. That's what I thought. Yeah. That's what I thought when I was listening to this and writing out my notes. I was like, I I don't understand how you're pointing it one way, but it's still (laughs) coming out the back dish or something? A radar slash microwave, they are flashlights, except that they are in a spectrum of light you can't see. They Otherwise, they're identical. So it'd just be like a really, 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 really bright flashlight <laughs> that cooks you. yeah yeah but you know like like an infrared heater oh you feel the heat but it's not very bright right like, that's still light it's just light that warms up your skin you can feel it microwave is like that too except instead of the light reflecting off of you if you're made of water you just absorb it yeah and you get hot right so basically a 100 million watt radar radar is essentially like you're <laughs> pumping 100 million watts into whatever you're shining it at that's made out of water. And hopefully it's not human. No, it wouldn't even be like, it would just, I don't think there would even be like an explosion or anything. It would just vaporize. There'd yeah. just be, it'd be like, there'd be nothing left just instantly. <laughs> there'd just be a big plume of steam. Right. And like whatever you, whatever you hit with, it'd just be totally smoked. Yeah, well, they were vaporizing yeah. people. And that's so much power that it would be 
really dangerous to everyone else because even the tiniest bit of reflection that might happen because you're shining something so powerful it might reflect off of even a little tiny piece of mineral like in a concrete wall like it might be metal just a little fleck of metal inside the wall yeah it would bounce off of that and just that little tiny piece of it bouncing off It'd be like a million watts. So just a random reflection of that would hit something randomly with a million watts instead of 100 million watts. And you'd have the same effect. When you turn it on, everybody in the room would just explode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's never good. They did say that they had to check flight patterns after they turned the beam around (laughs) because something bad would have happened they probably had to make sure that like venus wasn't the wrong place (laughs) that's what i thought okay i'm glad that i wasn't just being dumb because i read it and i thought maybe i'm just stupid but this all seems like a really high level situation yeah that's just so much power it's ridiculous (laughs) i'm glad you agree It was at this point that the researchers had heard that there was an exchange with aliens for the plans for a special chair. The chair could read a human's mind when seated in it. There was a lot of mystery surrounding how the chair technology was actually acquired, and one theory was that aliens who had come from the star system Sirius provided the basic design for the chair, and then the engineers built from that. This chair became known as the Montauk chair. And we talked about this chair. I was going to call chair. it the reading chair. The reading and chair. And the joke that I was going to come up with. And then you said, oh, it reads your mind. It does. So it is a reading chair. It, it, yeah. It's a reading you yeah. chair. You're reading your soul. <laughs> I think they shined that giant microwave at Sirius and it pissed someone off. <laughs> so they're like, why don't you use this chair? <laughs> we got a present for you. <laughs> Have a seat in this. <laughs> We have to figure out what would cause someone even possibly to think that shining a 100 megawatts of power randomly <laughs> into the sky was, that was a good idea. Right. No, it's not funny. That That's amount funny. of power is just so huge. It's, it's, just, yeah. it's actually a really heinous thought. So <laughs> <laughs> the fact that somebody was fucking around with all that is pretty terrifying. No one was fucking around with all that. So yeah, anyway, they got the chair from Aliens. I could tell you about all the coils and radio receivers and sideband detectors that were hooked up to this thing, but it's really boring. Maybe not for you, Mr. Lockwood. It probably but it, would be anyway. But it is, it's going to be really boring for everybody else. So even the pictures in the book that I read don't make sense to me. So I'm going to let Mr. Lockwood look at the pictures and then we will move on. Show me the pictures. So starting from this blue tab back to that blue tab are all the pictures of all the coils on this chair. I Tell me if there's anything interesting to you or if it's just nonsense. Okay, so this is the actual dude in the chair? No, that's like an illustration. Do you have to be naked for the chair to work? Is that guy naked? He looks pretty naked. Oh, I mean... <laughs> Do you think he also looked like he did a, a lot of Xanax? <laughs> yeah. Do you think skin to chair contact is essential? Probably for like good conduction. If you want these coils to work, <laughs> Xanax and nudity. <laughs> you know what? I don't even think you need the chair at that point. <laughs> You'd probably be reading people's minds anyway. See, I told you it was boring. I does, mean, does it look like a legitimate situation? No. I would say it's a kind of notation that people that do some form of radio work use. 
it's like mixing and oscillators and stuff. I don't know what it is, but I don't think it's real. I'm okay. going to tell you right now. <laughs> okay, good. All right, we're going to move on then because it's boring. It is. Yes. Yeah. Discriminator limiting two kilohertz. You know, if you wanted to really torture someone. 25 is... kilohertz oscillator, mix in 27 kilohertz low. This is torture. I'm I'm moving on. <laughs> they did a lot of research for about a year to overcome problems with the chair in relation to the transmitter feedback, but finally had a device that was capable of projecting a person's thoughts to a remote location. But now there was a new problem, time glitches. They corrected this by rebuilding the chair closer to the design given to them by aliens and using delta time coils. Don't ask me what no, delta I time coils are. Me neither. Never heard of it. No. Doesn't mean it doesn't exist, but so well they got the chair working, but time glitches sound pretty pretty troublesome. So- sounds serious. I would hate to be caught in a time glitch. Yeah, is that something that happens when you're sitting at a computer all day and you wake up in the morning and you sit down and then you look up and all of a sudden it's four o'clock? I would imagine a time glitch feels similar to that. Just like that. Yeah, yeah. that happens to me a couple times a week. Yeah, you get least. in the zone and then it's yeah. midnight. Well, in 1976, Duncan gets in the chair and they hand him a lock of hair or a personal object from someone he doesn't know. He would concentrate on the person that the object had come from and would be able to see or hear anything that the person was seeing or hearing. This experiment was called the seeing eye. This is just a remote viewing experiments they were doing. Mm -hmm. They were doing shit like that all the time. Later, they have him concentrate on making someone in the world act a certain way. His thoughts would go back through the chair, through the transistor, and basically locate the person Duncan was thinking about and would compel that person to act the way he was concentrating on, a.k.a. mind control or mind amplifier. They would train people, like Duncan, to visualize a complete virtual reality. And I have a video that I'm going <laughs> to let you watch. We just watched the video of Preston talking about how the chair works. I think the P stands for pants on fire. <laughs> that guy's so full of shit. It's worse when you actually see him in a video, right? Like he like, is an awful... Really bad storyteller. <clears throat> I don't know if you, y'all have ever watched some of these uh, videos where some person tries to say, oh, well, they, they're being truthful or they're not being truthful or whatever. They always talk about when they look up into their left, it's like yeah. a recalling something. And if they look up into their yeah. right, they're like making shit up. That guy never once looked up into the left at all. Everything was to the right. And then he would like look at the guy that was interviewing him. <laughs> yeah. Like to see to see if he was if buying the guy's it. like nodding, you know, if and then he's, he's, buying he's like it. not one two computers, two Crays, two Cray XMPs. I don't know and what any of that means. A Cray XMP was a supercomputer. One of the earliest it was a it was a big deal back in the day. Okay. That's all I need Let's to know. Put it that way. Oh, an IBM three sixty, that was the biggest <laughs> IBM computer they had. And the guy's like, uh uh-huh, uh, yeah. 
And then he's like, oh, and there was a couple other IBMs hooked up to that, too. And then there was a radar computer. And uh, oh, it was. So I saw you roll your eyes when you said something about terawatts. Well, I mean, that's just. It's ridiculous. He's saying like it peaked. I mean, when you talk about like power supplies, they have a standard, like their average nominal output. And they have a peak. I mean, if you had a 100 million watt generator or power supply, you could peak at a terawatt for a microsecond. But that's how much energy they were pumping through this chair? I think he's saying that they were taking the thoughts from the people that were sitting in the chair. Yeah. And then they were broadcasting that through the 100 million watt transmitter. The visualization. That was randomly just kind of enveloping the earth so that they could transmit to everyone on earth. But only the people that like that they were concentrating that they on. like become that would be so complicated. There's no way. Well, they're saying that he would hold like some object from one yeah. person, yeah, and then be well, able to their time lock see was... through that. Just seeing Preston talk, he's so full of shit. It, yeah, it makes it all a lot. He just struck me as like. A slimy, shitty used lion guy. Used car salesman. Yeah, he seems like a used car salesman. He wasn't nerdy at all, actually. I mean, we were pretty, we were pretty harsh was, on Preston yeah. in the last episode yeah. that we did about Camp Hero, but now that we've actually seen him talk, yeah, that makes me. I actually take back everything I said about him that could have been true. I don't think you said anything good about him. I did. I gave him some credit. Oh well, you said that everyone should pay him for his ideas that, that are using that them in still, movies. That would still be true, even if he <laughs> yeah. isn't. Shitty liar. Yeah, that's true. So, side note: um, Duncan is apparently a powerful psychic. He's probably burning my brain up right now. <laughs> I'm probably gonna have a really hard sleep tonight. They they say a few times in this video, and I'll put the link to this video in the show notes for anybody who wants to spend an hour and thirty five minutes watching it. Um, I did. My brain melted. So that happens. (laughs) Um, But they say a few times in this video that like Duncan has extraordinarily good psychic abilities. And we'll we're going to hear more. I'm sure anytime anyone says his name, he's like, huh? Yeah. What? They tweeting at me again. How could you turn that off if you were like that psychic, you know? Well, you just melt everyone's brain that thinks about you in a bad way. (laughs) Solve the problem. I mean, that is a really good power to have. (laughs) In time, they found that Duncan could cause electronics to malfunction and that he could move objects, break items, or wreck an entire room if he wanted to using only his mind. They begin to notice that because of the power that this thing had, they could actually materialize things. They regularly had Duncan practice materializing items around the base even one time making a can of Budweiser appear on the base commander's desk. Beer can. Beer can. (laughs) (laughs) According to Nichols, it was totally drinkable and, quote, didn't even poison him or anything. Unlike real Budweiser. (laughs) Which is (laughs) Which would poison you. (laughs) So um, that's a lot to absorb right there in that little paragraph. It's just, again, selling past the sale. If you take just the paragraph I just read... It's Stranger Things. It's exactly yeah. what Eleven can do. Yeah. It is exactly that. So again, Preston, I hope yep. you got paid. You should be getting some residuals, bud. <laughs> yeah. Your story is definitely not true, but you should definitely yeah, be getting paid. Really? That's all I gleamed from that little paragraph was that. That's a very good point. That is exactly 
Yeah, if you could wreck an entire room with your mind or make things appear out of nowhere, that's... You could crumple up an entire room like an empty bear can with your brain. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I like the fact that, and he, quote, said, didn't even poison him or anything. I wouldn't mess with this guy at all. I feel like we should erase this instantly and pretend we never talked about it because Mm. we're going to end up getting our brains crumpled. Do you think so? Remotely. Well, we've said repeatedly that we don't believe any of this, so I don't think they're coming for us. Well, maybe he's just waiting. He's going to crumple us. <laughs> the brain crumple. We're probably on a very long list, so eventually oh, yeah. he'll be getting to us. We're at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants a brain crumpling. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a rash of brain crumplings lately. I really hope our names are at the bottom. I wonder what although, the symptoms of brain crumbling although, are, you know? It's like <laughs> they just fall over dead or their skull flattens or maybe it's just a crumpled brain inside. Your ears don't even yeah. bleed or anything. No, I don't think so. I think that you probably just have a migraine for the rest of your life. <laughs> I have an insane psychic power. You do. <laughs> I can give people unbearable migraines. Yes. From inches away. Yeah. Yeah. I have to get real close to them though. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to let you close to me anytime soon. I have to be allowed to talk as much as I want, too. Oh, my God. You know what? If you'd have read us the rest of that technical part in the book about <laughs> the was, chair, you that were... Was, I was demonstrating Were you trying skill. to brain crumple me? Like anyone with headphones on right now, they started feeling a little yeah. itchy yeah. behind the eyeballs, you know, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah, eyeballs itch. That's it's, the beginning. I think I'm being brain it crumpled. It turns into an eye, a real bad migraine after that <laughs> if you keep going. All right, well, nobody listened to uh, Mr. Lockwood read any technical manuals from here on out. (laughs) Not that he ever does that, but if he starts, I'm going to (laughs) wonder. That is not, does not qualify as technical at all. I know. That's just garbage. It's, it's, It's garbage, I know. All right, so researchers began noticing something else peculiar about this particular experiment. The objects didn't always appear immediately. If Duncan did the exercise at three in the afternoon, the item may not appear until the next morning or the next day, which in my notes I wrote, give someone plenty of time to just place the item wherever Duncan told him it was supposed to go. So Sometimes they appear last week. <laughs> yeah, it's been sitting there for a week, so I thought I would just think about it. <laughs> this makes no sense. But you know what I mean? They're like, oh, it didn't always just, it didn't always appear right when Duncan thought about it. So if he left and they knew what he was thinking, like thinking about a beer can, somebody could have just placed the beer can on the desk in the morning and walked away. I, well, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Think of the kinds of practical jokes you could plan people with Duncan as your friend. <laughs> I, I mean, you could do some really gnarly stuff to people. Yeah. It would Dun- be hilarious. Duncan's still alive. It would be so funny. Yeah. Some of the things you could do. Oh, yeah. Think of what you could do to your enemies if you had Duncan as a friend. See, this is where Esther and I are a little different. She's evil. <laughs> she immediately just thinks about destroying people with, like, insane powers. Oh. This is why you should never let her have too much power. I did just wanna, so you know. I did want to blow up the Van Meter monster. And then You're just like him. those Iowans. They just want to kill everything. I know, I everything mean... that they don't understand. Just kill it. If you're friendly, we'll kill you. <laughs> so... Anyway, apparently this stuff did not always appear on time like it should have. The scientists interpreted this as 
bending time. They realized that if given enough power, they could shift time. Nichols and a group of other technical people were then enlisted to study the time-bending theory and how to control it. And that was in 1978. They started thinking about how they could bend time or control time. I don't know what to make of that. If you need something to happen, you just need more cowbell. More cowbell. Or in this case, more megawatts. Does that mean you're skeptical? (laughs) Anything is possible with enough power. You can destroy anything with enough megawatts. I myself prefer to use gamma rays, but... With enough megawatts, any spectra will result in destruction. (laughs) Right. Well, let me tell you. By 1981, they had successfully engineered a working time tunnel. Mm, The time (laughs) tunnel. Duncan and another person were capable of visualizing a time and a place in history and making a time tunnel connection between the present and that specific moment in time. He was said to have total control of time flow and could cause portals to open. And I wrote in my notes here that Duncan is some kind of fucking wizard. He's a time lord. He kind of is. He, he is a time lord. He's a wizard. What? How, how does one come to have these <laughs> abilities? By getting zapped with one gigawatt of <laughs> microwave radiation. <laughs> yes. That's exactly how that uh, happened. It was one point twenty one, as I recall. <laughs> and if your brain is how you went back in time. So, and if your brain does not melt from this, you just become a wizard. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. I love it. Well, you were probably a wizard all along, but you oh. just discovered it. So now Duncan can open portals and time tunnels. Is there a Duncan mind. in? No, Stranger I don't think Things there's anyone. Character named, named Duncan. No, but that would be funny if there were. At this point, nearly all of the original personnel was removed from the base, and an elite secret group of scientists was brought in, and according to Nichols, this was when they began to mess with time itself. Now that he can open time tunnels, they ushered all these other people out and brought in top secret classified. This is where the gorgonzolas come out. Isn't that a cheese? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Are you breaking out the cheese? <laughs> what does Gorgonzola have to do with anything? Like it's Stranger Things when the Gorgonzolas come through the, <laughs> the Gorgonzola. The portal. They're not called. I can just picture a giant cheese with sharp what teeth. What are they? What are they called? They're Gorgonzolas. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> the Demogorgon. Yeah, the Gorgonzolas. <laughs> I'm a Gorgonzola. <laughs> I don't know where you think of this stuff, but that's pretty funny. I like it. The Demogorgonzolas. <laughs> yep. That's where they came from. Uh, no, actually, I will tell you where they came from. Because <laughs> it's in this story? Um, there's actually an explanation for Bigfoot in this story oh. as well. I was going to say, if the word Demogorgon is in no. here, then we really got to... Oh, that's man. a real smoking gun for the old Hollywood bastards <laughs> ripping everyone off, isn't it? Yeah, this guy better be rich. Like Netflix, you <laughs> totally, totally destroyed this guy. Yeah, yeah. Like ripped him so bad. <laughs> so there were problems 
though, that came with time tunnels, however. They repeatedly tried sending people through, and many of them would be lost. They routinely would snag a person off the street and send them in. According to Nichols, most of the unfortunate people that they sent into the tunnels were drunks or derelicts who they thought wouldn't be missed if they disappeared, quite literally disappeared. They would eventually start attaching monitors and radio gear so that they could report back to them in real time. Eventually, the tunnel test evolved to using children, specifically males between 10 and 16 years old. They were sent to the year 6037 AD to examine a ruined city. The children were later sent on other missions. This was called the Pegasus Project. Did you hear that happen? (laughs) That creaking... Was that your eyes? Yeah, I just rolled my eyes oh. so hard. Man, that sounded like it hurt. <laughs> it did. <laughs> All the springs in my head, like, straining. Yeah. Boing. Do you have a migraine? Maybe your brain's being no, crushed. No, but my eyes are itchy on the front. <laughs> I hope it doesn't I hope it doesn't migrate. I think he's already, he's already crumpling you. Yeah. 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 He's getting you. It's really weird about the kids. Um, I think it's sick to throw that in there. They were just, like, snatching them off the street and just chucking them in this time tunnel, like, call us when you get there. Like, way into the future. Yeah, 6037 AD. Yeah. Yeah. So 4,000 and some years from now. Yeah. What it said was that these children were also, um, when they sent them through, specifically to the year 6037, there was something about the year 6037 that was significant, but I everything I read and listened to, it didn't say what it was, and I don't, I think that's because no one knows, but they would send these kids through the tunnel to the other side where there would be a statue of a giant horse, and the kids had to report back on they had to examine the horse and report back on it for some reason. That's so stupid. I know. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't know why. I mean, obviously, maybe we're not supposed to know. Well, my guess but... is 6037 is when the the 100 gigawatt signal of microwave radiation hits Sirius. Because it's probably okay. 6,000 light years away. I, I have no 4, idea. 4,000 light years away. I wish I knew why they were chucking Maybe it's 2,000 light years, and that was like the signal hit in 4,000 and whatever, and then it took 2,000 more years for them to send the death ray back to annihilate the entire Earth. Oh, maybe. I mean, it was a ruined city at that point, they said. So, yeah, I I know. I I don't know. It's unfortunate. And the other thing that they said about these children was not only were they only males between 10 and 16, they were also tall blonde haired and blue eyed so very Aryan looking um but specifically there was a reason they were doing this and i have no idea why and i I don't know but that's a whole different can of worms that we're not going into today but but i do want to tell you that um there is a man named andrew bisaggio i think that's how you say that b-a-s-i-a-g-o never heard of him Andrew Visaggio, let me tell you about him. This is the only children being tossed into time tunnels detour we're going to take. Um, but he claims to be one of He's these a survivor. children. Mm-hmm. He claims to be one of these children that went into the time tunnel. 
I have an article pulled up here about him, and the headline is Time Travel and Project Pegasus. Andrew Bassaggio claims DARPA sent him back in time to Gettysburg. Let me just give you a quick rundown of who exactly he is. Um, Andrew Bassaggio is a Seattle attorney, and he has been publicly making the claim since 2004 that between the ages of 7 and 12 years old, he participated in a secret U.S. government program that worked on teleportation and time travel under a secret DARPA um, experiment called the Pegasus Project. So there is a lot more to read on him, and I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I mean, this article is really long. Oh, there's a picture of him. Oh, also, I do want to say this, though. He did run for president in 2016. I was just going to say that picture is one of those ones that uh-huh. uh, these idiots take when they want to run for president. Yes. Or like, I was like, that's a senator picture. Yes. Like, so, there he is. He's a senator. Right. Except he's running for president. Yes. So he did run for president in 2016. And um, I'm going to read a quote by him right here, just this little piece, and then we're going to move on. But he says, quote, I have prior knowledge that not only will I run for president, but during that, one of the elections, which would have been 2016 and 2028, because I am not running past that, I'm either elected as president or vice president. So basically what he's saying is that he's seen into the future and he knows that he he will become either president or vice that president. That was a nice trick, but I don't think it worked. No, I don't think so either. But you know what? If you were going to try to be the president and you had a whole spiel, wouldn't you just be like, your votes would be helpful, but I already know I'm going to be president. Well, like, I would just convince, you know, the trick is like, oh, well, I mean, I guess if he knows the future, I'll just write his name in because I know he knows. He knows it's going to happen. It's like the ultimate confidence, yeah, though, right? Yeah, it's a confidence game. <laughs> it's so funny. It didn't work. Right. So I'll also put a link in our notes for this he's, guy, too. He's a little presidential looking. Yeah, he wouldn't he is. be bad. He'd be like Mr. Generic President kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's nothing really exciting about him other than he traveled through time. I mean, that would be cool. <laughs> yes. But he also doesn't have blue eyes, and I can't tell if he ever had blonde hair because his hair is gray now. It looks like he has brown eyes yeah, to me. But... They seem blue. And... We, we will not judge whether his story is real or not, but if you want to... I will. <laughs> if you want to chime in on whether or not you think Andrew's story is real, uh, please feel free to let us know about that. Uh, anyway, that was an interesting aside I thought that I would give you. So did Duncan mention this kid? No, he never mentioned this guy specifically, no. but I don't know if they were actually taking names of these kids or just chucking them in. So They were taking names. You think? Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know. I wouldn't want a roster of kids that I kidnapped and threw into a time tunnel if I was doing that. I wouldn't want proof later. That's around. why you wouldn't be on the project. No. Because you wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. I'm not cut out for this You're kind of stuff. You're not cut out for this kind of work. I just want to blow things up. <laughs> you <laughs> just cut- want to crumple your enemy's brains. That's right. <laughs> I just want it to be over as quickly as possible. <laughs> You don't want to take notes. No, I'm not like a cat. I don't want to play with it after I maim it. I just want to kill it. So I'm more like a dog. I just go for the jugular. I'm not interested in playing with my food before I eat it. It was also reported that between 3,000 and 10,000 people were sent somewhere between 200 and 300 years into the future. The purpose for any of this is unknown. To invade the future and take it over would be my guess. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of people just to randomly 
Bye. <laughs> and nobody noticed that three to 10,000 people were just missing. Where were they getting all these people? Are these people signing up? That's what I want to know. Lots of people missing all the time. I know. It's sad and weird. All right. Let's go here. From Earth to Mars. After all the success that they had had with the time tunnels, the idea of using the time tunnels to travel to another planet came about. Specifically, to Mars and its Martian pyramids. They wanted to explore the supposed artificial structures that appeared to be there and try to figure out who had made them. Duncan opened a tunnel to the center of one of the pyramid structures and moved it around until an opening was found inside. (laughs) At this point, they had assembled teams of researchers to go through the tunnels. No transients or children anymore. Now they have, like, actual They made a point to mention that? No, I'm saying they're not using transients or children anymore. Okay, so the pyramid thing, it's like the face. There's a face. Yes, that they wanted to explore that too. But the thing is, is they didn't get that picture. But that picture wasn't, at least wouldn't have been gotten until Mariner. Probably later. Mariner was one of the first Mars orbiters. It's like the 70s. Yeah, yeah. They're, They're almost in 1983 here. I don't know if they got good Mars pictures until later. It really wouldn't. Okay, well. So I feel like. They say that. This, I mean, they knew about it. This dude with his Cray XMPs and stuff. Mr. Nichols, pants on fire. He He's backdating information into a story. I don't know, because the video I watched where he was talking about this was a little bit older. But that makes it worse, though. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm with you, but anyway, they yeah. wanted to explore this. Okay. Could have true. Seen... They would know all things that we know, and right. then some. They could have grabbed this tidbit of information from us in the future. If I could then... go to the future, I would just pay three thousand dollars for Encyclopedia Britannica six thousand a, and bring it back. <laughs> I don't think they make those even anymore. They, do they will. Oh, you didn't know that then. When you were writing this story, you wouldn't know that. No. We have uh, a very incomplete, very old set of encyclopedias, yes. Britannica. uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah. That I really want to keep for some reason. Remember when we were kids, we just assumed that always existed and always would? Well, yeah, that's how we did courts. I never used a computer. I went to the library and looked up information. From an encyclopedia. books and shit. But from an encyclopedia, usually. Yeah. And I sat in a reading chair while I was doing it. <laughs> Those encyclopedias were full of trash. I know. Like there was no good knowledge in them at no. all. It was all made up. But it was all we had. It's true. Right. Now we just have a broader horizon of trash in this little <laughs> screen I'm looking at. Well, but so this guy, he could have just gone to the future and gotten that encyclopedia Britannic. It would be out of business in like 2006 or whatever. Well, Do they still print them? I don't. Bet you they do. I, I think that they probably do. I mean, I'm assuming that all library. I used to work at the library. They always had multiple, you know, editions <laughs> of it. <laughs> I'm assuming that a library would still have an encyclopedia. I mean, what if? Now this is dumb to say, but now I now I sound old. But what if somebody doesn't have a computer? <laughs> My age is showing. <laughs> everyone's got a computer okay moving on duncan claims that he was part of one of these teams that went into the time tunnel to mars and describes seeing something he calls the solar system defense 
he says that they had to disable it before they could do any further research. Apparently, there was evidence of intelligent life found, but they claimed that they had to go back 125,000 years to find it. Okay. So there was life on Mars 125,000 years ago. Very possible. And then, so they figured that out, but then there was some kind of solar system defense that they had to disable on Mars. Yeah. What is that? Is that like a planet alarm? What is that? <laughs> is it like their car alarm went off? I'm confused. It's like it's like the club. Yeah. That goes on, that fits on yeah. the steering wheel so of no Mars. no one can drive their planet away? Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. Except anyone with the most minor lockpicking skills can, can lockpick yeah. within like a few seconds. The humans got right inside of the pyramid yeah. there. And what just, did he say? He They wiggled it around till they found an opening? Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. lockpicked it. Yeah. Yeah. That's messed up. I don't know. This I thought you would be happy that we at least went to space I on this like one. I would like to go to Mars. I mean, yeah, there could be 120 some thousand years. Was it 120,000? 125,000 yeah, years ago. Easily could have been so, life on Mars. Who knows? Probably not. It would have been like 12 million years ago. That would have been a better. There's a good chance we're Martians. I like the idea of that. I do. But I mean like bacteria from Mars yes. came here and then we evolved no, into... No matter what, we evolved from bacteria, yeah. so... Yeah, well... Bacteria from Mars would be so cool. So we think. Right. Seems logical enough. Yeah. Some of us Slightly, think that. Pretty likely. Right. I think. I think I evolved from a dolphin. Nope. You <laughs> <No>. didn't. <laughs> How do you know? Because I know the dolphins evolved from a land creature before they went back into the ocean. Mm. Well, is that why they're so smart? They're not that smart. They're pretty smart. They're not. They're pretty smart. They're smart enough. I think they're actually in charge. They're a lot smarter than fish. Mm. Okay. Which is all they need to do because they eat fish. <laughs> so long. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for all the fish. Yep. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there were a large number of people that were highly concerned about messing around with this. And a lot of them started I'm getting one of them. Yeah. And a lot of them started getting cold feet. It was decided that they would program basically um, a safe word, which was or <laughs> it's a, like yeah. BDSM. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. So it was decided that they would program basically um, a safe for it's <laughs> Jeez, ease down with a whip, girl. God. Ah. Having a this story is making me like lose my shit right What's now. What's our safe word? Oh my god! I don't know. <laughs> Gigawatts. I don't know. I don't think that's a good safe word. Um. So they basically they were they were worried about this whole like you know space travel time travel thing. So this group of people they decided basically to program a safe phrase into Duncan's subconscious. And when they gave him the command, he would visualize some kind of monster to end the experiment. And this monster was going to be a little bit something like Bigfoot, says Nichols. And the safe phrase was, the time is now. (laughs) (laughs) You thought going to Mars was a detour. We took a turn. The time is now. Well, we took a turn at the Bigfoot monster and yeah. Um, So in August of 1983, the connection was made between 1983 and 1943 when the Eldridge disappeared. 
Okay, so mm-hmm. now we've come full circle. This is like the fifth full circle. Yeah, there's there's not circles. There's just this spinning. cycles. This is just spinning wildly out of control. In 1983, they opened the time tunnel to 1943 when the Eldridge disappeared. Nichols goes into the chair room where Duncan is and picks up the mic and tells Duncan, the time is now. Duncan cleared the visualization that he was having, 1943, and visualized the monster to try to materialize it. Um, Now, side note, Nichols does say that they nicknamed this monster Junior. I don't know when they had time to do this, but... This guy is such a troll. Yeah. Like the biggest troll ever. Okay, so the hairy creature appears and starts stomping around and is irritated. According to Duncan and Nichols, it was frightened and began to smash things and it escapes the facility. At that point, the project director stops the project and people are fleeing and running in fear. All I want to say is that when I was watching this and he was talking about this you know, now what people consider this Bigfoot looking creature, I really with my whole heart feel like he was implying that they created Bigfoot. And that's how Bigfoot came to be was that Duncan manifested this creature out of his mind and then it escaped the facility and they never caught it. And that is what we think of as Bigfoot. Bigfoot is indeed interdimensional. Yes. Yeah. Or he just, you know, was... A figment of someone's imagination. He's interdimensional. And poof appeared. Interdimensional. Great. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We figured out where Bigfoot came from. I dug it out of this crevice of and nonsense. Every time he has to take a crap, Duncan has to think about the bathroom. <laughs> it's to visualize it. Oh my God. It's so bad. Everything about this is terrible. It gets better. I mean, worse. Better or worse? I'm not sure. So anyway, people are running and fleeing this crazy, insane, hairy beast Sasquatch monster they just unleashed is loose. Nichols goes down to the power station to switch off the power, but when he does, nothing happens. And Nichols thinks that the wiring underground must be messed up or something. So he grabs the acetylene torch and heads to the transformer yard and cuts the wires coming out of the ground there. All of the lights on the base went off, but the transmitter kept running. Nicholas says that he was unwillingly persuaded to enter the transmitter building and try to shut it down from there. He cuts the wiring going to the transmitter, thinking that the wires are just miswired somehow. (laughs) Yes. So there's this one time I was wiring some circuits in the basement of a house I owned. Mm-hmm. They were clearly wired by someone who was not an electrician yes. prior to that. Mm-hmm. You and I both know who it was. Oh, yes. So I had turned all the circuits off that I knew went to this wire, and I cut it with my wire cutters. And there was a bright big flash <laughs> and a really big hole in my wire cutters after that. Wait. I never heard this story. I was very surprised by that. You never told me this. So it turns out that one circuit (laughs) was connected to not one, but two circuit breakers at the same time. Mm -hmm. That was just a tiny little 110 volt AC line. That was not a (laughs) 
1.7 trillion watt electrical wire running an entire military running, compound running an entire transmitter <laughs> yeah. that was like simultaneously controlling the minds of bigfoot yes and also laser strafing sirius the yeah. star right <laughs> this thing was powering a lot of stuff so like cutting that wire would be a bad bad move yes. well he cuts the first wire then he thinks something's wrong, so he gets talked into going into the building and cutting more wires yeah. with an acetylene torch, mind you. That's so. so much power, though, that like you get anything around it, and it would arc. Acetylene, air, yeah, skin, fingers, body. So after he goes into the building and cuts the second round of wires, the lights go out, but the humming of the machines continued on. He says that he has to go upstairs and must, quote, climb through all of the discharge and alternate realities. Cool. I mean, what else do you say to a guy like that? <laughs> <laughs> go on. Continue. <laughs> and then what happened? Right. So he starts to cut the master power box apart. And all of the sounds became out of sync, at which point he goes to the Ampatron room and cuts everything in there apart. And finally, all of the humming and discharge discharging stops. Now I, What's an Ampatron room? It's real. Room? I know what is that it is. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, he I didn't make that up. I had this it's flagged as the single one most fake thing I, I ever heard. I got you. It's totally fake. Is it? It's totally fake. Is it really fake? An Ampatron? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought for sure it was real then. It's made out of Ampatronium. Oh, I don't know what's happening anymore. Wait, is an Ampatron room real? Yeah, it's made out of Ampatronium. Stop lying to me. <laughs> As if this story wasn't messed up enough. You don't need to mess with me. Okay, so you like that part because I... I love Ampatrons. I pegged that as like so silly when he said it. He kept saying Ampatrons and the Ampatron room, like they have a whole room this for This interviewer Ampatrons. didn't be like, hi, what is an Ampatron exactly? You keep no. saying it over and over. It must be important. What is it? Yes. He's like, oh, you know, it's one of those things. Yes. It's an Ampatron thing. So, I mean, I feel like a lot of the other words that he spewed out were like actual words, but I don't think this is a thing at all that's so, why i really think this guy's a troll he's been trolling since the freaking like 60s just, he just keeps going to see how much you'll buy i think what he wants more than anything is to hear some other human in the world say the word ampatron to him ampatron he'll there just, you go preston he'll be able to live happily forever after that one's for you buddy <laughs> sending it out with lots of love <laughs> Got an Ampatron with your okay. name on it. So I, I have I have something else to say about this whole... So that is kind of the end of the story. The creature escapes. And I would like to say that this whole last um, section about how he, you know, says the words to Duncan and then he's the one that grabs the acetylene torch and runs in and cuts all the wires and saves the day. Like, how is he the fucking hero now? And this is being told by him. So I can only imagine that he obviously has made this story up and created himself a hero role. Yeah, he's uh, like a megalomaniacal narcissist. Yes. I, I like storyteller. It's, it's wild. 
Like, it's a wild story. It's I like, mean, before you know it, he's the center of the story, and you yeah, even know that. Yeah, and that is exactly what was yeah. happening. I thought he was telling about the, you know, Phoenix Project and all this stuff, and I'm and I'm listening, and I'm taking notes, and this and that. And then all of a sudden, he's telling me about how he's rescuing everyone in yeah. the compound, and I'm like... How did how did it come to this? How was Preston the hero now? Yeah, um. this is a video game. <laughs> this is a video game plot. It is no wonder to me that the brothers that wrote Stranger Things found this and they were like, yeah. "Oh shit!" Also, like this Valve, is what we need. Who made Half Life? Like this is Half Life, basically. In fact, the main protagonist of Half Life is like just a lowly engineering guy. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think gordon somebody i don't know i never played half-life oh, it was cool but it was this kind of crap you know interdimensional stuff and it had the smoking guy in it basically oh man like it was a ripoff of some other stuff too i would have loved that yeah. game it sounds it was like. awesome we should play that can we find it's, it somewhere it's outdated is it now. too old yeah oh that's sad he and duncan were both debriefed and mind controlled into forgetting and were basically allowed to go about their lives uh, Nichols did not remember any of this until he says he was working with a time transducer and had time currents flowing through him. And then he remembered. <laughs> Are you saying heavily into the mic? You're over it, aren't you? Just a time transducer. Just working on it. No. Do you think if it was real, I would not have one in the basement right now? <laughs> okay, so. What do you think? So, no, they're not real. <laughs> You know if it was real, we would have one, right? Why would we have one? Because of all the shit you can do with it. Like all of the shit I just read to you? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So apparently having time currents flow through you makes you remember things. I think that's a big bonus. Yeah. Do you think that that is actually plausible? That 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 would make you remember? Time currents? Yeah. Yeah. Time (laughs) currents are powerful. They do amazing things. (laughs) He just stumbled upon a time transducer and just like a normal guy, you know, the hobbyists that are out there just started working just around. Fiddling just fiddling with it. Just fucking with it. Just fiddling and around. And then all of a sudden he got his head caught in a time current. <laughs> <laughs> and he remembered everything. That doesn't happen Neat. to you? Neat. <laughs> I think the only thing that I have left to say is what the hell happened. <sighs> yeah. Tell me which fundamental particles are actually real and which ones aren't. Okay, go. Are you ready? Yeah. Quark. Real. Charm. Fake. Real. Oh, shit. Wait, was Quark real? Yeah. Oh, okay. Neutron. I win. If you can't think of any, I win. <laughs> real. Higgs boson. Real. Up quark. Fake. Real. Down quark. Fake. Real. Huh. <laughs> I feel like you're just making stuff up now and telling Amplitron. me that it's real. No, that's real. Fake. Dark matter. Real. Fake. <gasps> but Nibbler poops it out. It exists, but nobody knows what oh, it is. No, so it's no. fake. No, it's real if it but exists. But it's not real. It's a thing that we know about. It's not actually something we know what it is. You so it's what? not real. I quit That's this a trick game. question. I quit this Hold on, game. I got another one. This game is rigged. Neutrino. Real. Yeah, it is. You know what? I didn't get too many of those wrong, just so you know. <laughs> Do I get like a cookie or something for yeah, winning? Yeah, I'll give you a cookie. Or could we just end this episode? 
want to say goodbye? Goodbye. 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 <laughs> goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Do you have a story that's weird or fascinating? Would you like to have your story read at the end of an episode? If so, please send your story to wthh.podcast at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing your stories. If you'd like more episodes and bonus content, join Patreon to become a member. If you liked our episode, please remember to like, rate, and review. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.